Welcome to the Run Ohana Podcast. I am Ryan, joined this week with Donna, producer Rob, Brittany and Kitty are back! Woo-hoo! Yay! And we missed you. And bringing Brittany and Kitty back, we brought another friend of the show, Aaron Pets. Welcome, Aaron. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Hi, Aaron. How's everybody doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I feel fantastic. Can't complain. Brittany is like a big vacation margarita deep and feeling yep. that. And it's time for night night. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm going to talk to y'all for a little while. Oh, it's good. Well, we talked last week a little bit while you were out, Brittany. We had uh, a nice recap from Donna and her daughter about their 10th uh, running of the Disney princess half marathon so that was fun and we also talked in the news segment my bit of news we talked about some coronavirus issues which seem to be continuing yeah it shut down highway 80 or interstate 85 today for trump to whatever he was doing <laughs> really? yeah he was like two exits up from my office so oh man look at you center for disease, disease control. control yep he w- it was canceled and then it was back on all of a sudden so yeah it caused mayhem great oh that is no fun um it is also causing mayhem in the running community because yep. it is canceling races Left and right. And this week we received announcements from Rome and Paris, Rome Marathon and Paris Half Marathon. I think Rome has decided to cancel their race altogether and Paris is supposedly postponing it till October. So more races that runners have worked up and it does seem like, yeah, you know what, it's it's a health uh, issue and and we're we're fussing about uh, all the training and miles that we built up to get to these races and only not to be able to run them at the end. So, I mean, I'm certainly there's a larger concern with with uh, health being certainly a priority, but uh, it is unfortunate that you make all these plans and you do all this training and you come up to your race day only to find out it's not happening. More bad news. Well, not just, you know, the race isn't happening, but all these people that already have airfare, hotel, you know, things like that. A lot of times you can't. I know my friend has a trip planned for Paris and they decided to go ahead and postpone it and she could postpone everything but the airfare. Um, so that's she's out like thirteen hundred dollars just in the airfare. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Some airlines have made like I got a I got an email from JetBlue the other day saying that they were going to waive all the fees and stuff course when i called them they said i was not in the window but hmm. I, I think so i think we're gonna see more of that happen yeah. but man this is just gonna wreak havoc everywhere i think the travel industry at least with airlines they're in a predicament where they're about to lose a lot of money if they start refunding all these tickets and so i know uh i talked to karen a little bit she was scheduled to run in tokyo and that didn't happen clearly they canceled it uh for non-elites and she actually said that her airline was actually working with her to uh refund the tickets so which was great because it was less that she was out on it so yeah it's it would be great and very respectful of airlines would 
and other hotels and stuff would cooperate with the situation. I don't know. They're also slashing prices left and right on getting tickets yeah. out, out yeah. of town. And, but something like the, the Tokyo Marathon canceling is not refunding any fees. They are giving the runners in that race the opportunity to register for next year's race, but they still have to pay the full race fee. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah. You but know, it's a forced deferral, right? Yeah. Right. And they're right. still out the money. They still had to pay for everything this year, though, on the other hand. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, dis- I don't disagree with that. I think, I think there should be some discounted registration fee for next year i mean honestly the way things are going right around the corner we have boston which Mm. i'm really starting to get a little sad about and london coming up uh, both of those at the end of april and if those two races consider the same route that tokyo took it's going to be impossible for anyone to try to get into a world marathon major next year that's what i was thinking it's just going to be it's going to be a, a nightmare. I mean, and I've heard some that say, well, maybe Boston will just, you know, push it back so they can maintain the the yearly, you know, con- streak that, that it's got, you know, 124 years running, you know, if they get it in this year. And honestly, what a logistical nightmare it would be to try to move a they event that like that. They take entire day off. I mean, it's not like a race that's on right. Saturday or Sunday. That entire no. city shuts down on a Monday for this. Yeah, race. well, it's it's actually a holiday in that state, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patriots Day. And it's not like you can reschedule Patriots Day in no. another time of the year. And it's not like you could pull off another Monday marathon. They're going to move Boston to a Sunday mm-hmm. or a Saturday event. And not only that, it's not like the city of Boston is just sleeping on events. And, you know, they've got all the flexibility that they could just move this marathon any other weekend throughout the year. I imagine hotels and things like that are just booked up you know for random events throughout the year that it'd be a nightmare it honestly would be a nightmare i think it would be easier just to say you know what we're not doing it this year than it would be to try to postpone it so i don't know i i hope for my own personal sake i hope the race goes on because i want to run it really damn bad but you know it's it's (laughs) i know i know the way that tokyo is doing it and boston would probably follow suit and that anybody that qualified for this year would be getting getting in next year it's just frustrating because you put in all these miles up to this point and you're still uncertain if you're actually going to have a race to use this up on so didn't you say that they were encouraging uh the people that don't live in america to defer that was some speculation i don't know i don't know if that's true but i did hear some uh talk that boston and some other races were encouraging uh, people traveling from other countries, especially those that are affected, uh, trying to get them to consider deferment to next year and potentially allow locals or Americans to run the event. Uh, but, you know, seeing now that the coronavirus has made its way. Into yeah, the it's here. The right. New York Roadrunners released a statement because the New York City half marathon is in like two weeks. And I mean, that's while it's not the New York City Marathon, it's still a pretty big event. And the coronavirus is in New York City right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you hear that getting canceled and other just races in general. I mean, I was saying that I got um, California is under a state of emergency. I've rebooked my flight three times in the last few days to go out to Big Sur because prices on the airlines keep dropping. (laughs) So it's working to my advantage at the moment. At the moment, it is working to your advantage. Yeah. Until they cancel it, yes. Until they cancel it. 
I was looking at the the website for the New York City half, which is in one week, and and it still says their plans are to hold that race as of right now, which is only one week ago or one week from now. I think these races that are going off right now here in early March, I think they're probably fine. But what does this look like in late March, early April, late April, right? And I think that's where some of the concern is, is this thing, you know, we could talk about all the medical things and by no means are we freaking experts on anything medical here. But, you know, there is a bit of a difference in the flu that travels around. And and in this case, there's so much unknown surrounding it and there's all a tremendous amount of shortage on testing. It seems almost to be a little bit uh, reluctant unless you really meet all these certain criteria to even issue a test on people and lack of vaccines and, you know, proper treatments. We have all that stuff for the flu. And that's why I think we live day to day and like the flu, no big deal here. There's just so much unknowns and so many things that I don't know. You, you don't want a, a, a world breakout of, of this to, to happen, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not in full panic mode where I'm, feverishly taking you know lysol wipes to everything that i touch and possess but just being more cautious i mean i'm not really concerned i wash my hands regularly other than that i mean i've always I done don't. that <laughs> yeah, but, but i mean I, I do understand to a point like a race and race directors are not going to take a risk of right. other people panicking like while right. i might not be panicking and other people might not be panicking and even the race director might not be panicking if something were to spread during that race, the risk that they're taking is too great for them, is how they're viewing it. Yeah, and that's why I guess the LA Marathon, which is going on uh, this weekend as we are recording here on Friday evening, uh, races this weekend, and LA is under a state of emergency with uh, coronavirus, and their race is going on this weekend as uh, as scheduled. But they are advising that people run six feet apart from each other. So good luck. Getting <laughs> I really want to see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's the corrals look like? You, know, you got a little personal. I always wanted a personal bubble when I was right. <laughs> yeah. No violations in my personal space, please. Anyway, I don't know. Just a, some some news that just kind of keeps, dare I say, plaguing the running community at this point. But oh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but uh, explain yeah. this to me. Somebody said that, um, you know, everybody's buying sanitizer and wipes and whatever. But they also said they're running out of oatmeal. What does that have to do with anything? I heard today that they're running out of hand sanitizer using Tito's vodka as hand sanitizer. Because it's mostly alcohol. I think if you take a uh, if you've got the flu or any any kind of illness if you take a bath in oatmeal I think that's supposed to fix it. Oh, uh, maybe. Oh. I, I was actually yesterday there was no toilet paper. You know, usually there's a mess yes. of it, and there was none. That's okay, that's so. running online on uh, on Twitter. I saw that uh, Steve crazy. Magnus had posted something like, "Can somebody please tell me why there's a shortage of toilet paper?" The only thing I could think of is that some of this – I have no idea where they produce toilet paper, but some uh, of this stuff, I, I imagine they're producing in another yeah. – that might right. be affected. And so that's related to it. so yeah. we're seeing shortages and issues mm-hmm. that we would never really have imagined or stopped and, and thought of because they're being ex, uh, imported in from somewhere yeah. that is – Because China can't export right now. Yeah, or, well, wait, or in a, yeah, in addition Find to an American obviously – Q-tips. Obviously – Nobody oh. washes their hands 
because they're running out of soap all of a sudden. Now nobody wipes their butts. Oh, yeah. That's just lovely. We all uh, need a, what are, what are those things? A boudet. A boudet. A boudet. I got a garden hose. That is so nasty. <laughs> wow. It feels like this uh, went off the rails a little bit. <laughs> no. So, Aaron, welcome to this off the rails podcast. Perfect. <laughs> nice job. So, how you been, Aaron? Not bad, not bad. Um, doing the usual, not running because uh, I hurt myself, but uh, that's what happens when you run a lot, apparently. So, you, was there a specific thing? Well, you'll need to tell us what exactly your injury is, but was there a specific thing that happened that caused this or you yeah, really wait, let's over let's let's bring it back let's bring it back go ahead aaron tell us <laughs> tell tell us about go ahead no, I'm, uh take it back a little bit here because we do have some listeners that may not be familiar with so tell us a little bit how you weren't much of a runner you got into running then you started you know 5k 10ks marathons seemingly at some point weren't long enough for you and that <laughs> brought us to today that is true so yes uh my background as most people it seems is that uh in my 30s i realized that i was a lazy bum uh, i had some stress and i wanted to get out there so i started walking Eventually, I um, started walk running. It's kind of more of like a work stress relief thing. And like you said, you start with the 5K. You're like, I'm never going to go past that distance. 5Ks are good. (laughs) Then you go to the 10K and the next distance, the half marathon, the marathon. I guess maybe two years ago, this is mostly Brittany's fault. Um, we were talking about when in doubt, blame Brittany. That's, Brittany that, that's been my mind. Yes. defense, everything. I hear that a fault. lot. <laughs> She's like, wait, what did I do? Um, I we had hear talked that a lot, about, but I don't get it. We were talking about doing a. She was talking about doing a 50k. I think she did a 50k with the, our friend Susanna and Kirsten down in Virginia Beach, and I was like, I could probably do a 50k. And I had been thinking about getting out onto the trails, so I started trail running, and uh, I absolutely fell in love with the trails, and that was sort of the end of it for me. Started running locally with a a run group here, getting out on the weekends on the trails, and the more I was out there, the more I just wanted to be out there. And so uh, eventually I signed up for a couple more 50Ks, and then when that wasn't enough, I did a 55-miler. And when that wasn't enough, I signed up for a 24-hour race. 24 hours. The 55-miler, she's got to go back. She just happened to feel like running a 55-miler. And what happened? Uh, I was the first female. Uh Uh-huh. So (laughs) how exactly does the thought process work? You're sitting at home thinking, I'm bored. I'll just go run a 55-miler today. No, I mean, I think that... um, at some point, you just, you know, you, you want to see what you can do. So, uh, body is an amazing thing. And the more okay. um, you watch, you know, some of these ultra marathoners like Courtney DeWalter, who does like these ridiculous paces on some of the most ridiculous um, courses with like 20, 30,000 feet of elevation. And it's just inspiring. And I don't know, I okay. just, um, I guess at some point I just got inspired and like I said, just being out on the trails and nature just was 
it was pretty amazing. So. so it was kind of the same reason I transitioned into triathlon, but I went a little different direction. You just want to see what you can do, how far you can go, what your limits are, something like that. Yeah, I mean, like the 55 miler, um, I it was kind of one of those things. A friend was training um, for it, and I just kind of was running with him. And I ended up doing a couple of his back-to-backs, like where I did the back-to-back 20. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I could just, if I could, if I keep doing this with him, if I could just run the 55 miler. So um, I signed up for it maybe like three weeks before. <laughs> so it was definitely a last-minute thing. Wow. When I came into the aid station at like mile 23, I was told then that I was the first female to get there. And I was like, wait, what? They were like, yeah, you're the first female. I'm like, no, there's no way. I saw another female. They were like, no, she was with the 33-miler. I was like, oh. So I, the, uh, another woman came in as I was leaving, and they were like, I heard them say, you're the second female. So I knew from then on that I just had to stay in front of her. So I think that if I hadn't found that out at that point, I'm not sure how that race would have gone, but the entire time that was my goal was just stay in front of her. Yeah. Once you find yourself in that position, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to clear your mind of, Oh man, I got so many more miles to go yet. Uh, I'd rather be sitting at home and the yep. couch and watching Netflix and eating ice cream. But then when you find yourself in a good spot and things are going well, it's, it's easy like, man, I could, I could do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, step up my game and challenge myself and so sometimes you're kind of switching your race goals in the middle of there as yeah things, uh, that's, that's get pretty much what happened because i didn't i didn't really think to myself going into it like oh i'm gonna win this race as it went on that's just kind of what what happened and so you go through this and uh this race and uh knock it out of the park and decide that that wasn't even long enough you're going to a you want to run all day long. Yeah, I mean, my goal for coming up is is definitely a 100-miler. I'd like to hit the 100-mile mark. So to test that, I, I signed up for a 24-hour just to see what I could do. Um, Brittany crewed it uh, with our friend Anita, uh, Michael David, and uh, Laura Bailey. And, Jen was um, there. Jen, Jen Lowe was there, Jen Lowe. yeah. Jen Lowe. It was a great crew. I made it to about hour six. 17 and a half but that week before I had come down with um, a cold so that like from that Tuesday to that Saturday I was really fighting something I was taking tons and tons of emergency and wait zinc. wait 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 did you have like did you have a cough did you have yeah. some like long shortness issues? of breath shortness of breath <laughs> holy sh- Nikes I you did. brought it here I did. it's all my fault I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was fighting some illness. I wasn't feeling great. It was just not my day. It wasn't supposed to rain. It rained. Um, I could never quite find that rhythm. I walked a lot more than I expected. And somewhere along the way, I think um, my ankle started bothering me. And I don't think that I realized how much it was bothering me until it was a little too late. Um, and on the last few walk loops, I could really feel it. Um, and so that's how I ended up where I am today. Um, I woke up the morning after the race and my ankle was swollen. 
wasn't too bad, but I gave it a week. It was like the swelling had kind of gone down. I went for a test run. It hurt. <laughs> I was like, this is probably a bad idea. So I was like, oh, I'll give it another week, see how it feels. And then my cat was in my way of getting off the couch. And I... Uh, <laughs> So I can run for 17 and a half hours, but I can't get off the goddamn couch. <laughs> um, and so as I was getting off the couch, I think because it was already weak, it just gave out and Ouch. it like rolled out from underneath me. And within an hour, it was double the size of my other ankle. Oh, no. Um, and I just knew something was not right wow. that night. So this was how long after the race? A week? That was a week after the race, but uh-huh. I, I think the initial part of it was definitely from the race. I think that it could have probably recovered easier if I had not rolled it after it, but um, right. it definitely was a result of the repetitive action of the race. And sometimes you just weaken the muscles and the ligaments and then, you know, or put some strain on them and then some simple, silly activity like getting off the couch. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Interesting. So at what point? So your ankle's swelling up and then you go get medical. Yeah, so I went to um, an emergency orthopedic the next day. Uh, The guy immediately put me in a boot. Uh, I went, they took an x-ray, showed nothing on the x-ray. I went to get an MRI. Um, Oh, I guess it was way too swollen. So they said we should wait for the MRI because I guess when you take an MRI and it's swollen, it can't show a clear image. So I waited to that Friday, got the MRI. They said it was not torn, which the guy had told me that it was likely torn. Um, but the MRI showed it wasn't torn. So at that time, he had told me if it was torn, I was going to have to be in the boot for like four to six weeks. I was <laughs> like, oh. But if it wasn't torn, we could have a conversation about it. I mean, I, I told him I was an athlete, that I was a runner. I was looking to get back out there. So I don't know whether that clouded the judgment or, or what, but. When they told me there was no tear, all of a sudden it was, well, I still want you in the boot four to six weeks. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? So what, I, what? What kind of doctor did you see for this? Uh, it was a foot and ankle doctor. Okay, so not somebody who specializes in sports? Um, I mean, the practice is an orthopedic who has sports medicine backgrounds. Okay. So he said he did, but... I think that because I was like very kept asking, like, when can I get back out there? I think he was really hesitant to like say anything other than I should be in the boot. This girl is crazy. If we let her out out of this place without a boot, she's going to go running again. That's I think. (laughs) I feel like that's most runners, though, right? Like we hear you shouldn't run. Well, how long? Like, can I go tomorrow? Right. We want to know an exact time. Yeah, I'm I'm in a cast. I have a race Sunday. Can I run it? Right. And I'm not I knew at the time that I was bad. I knew that it wasn't great. So I I felt like I know myself well enough that I sign up for stupid things, but I don't want to be out long term. So I, I had no intention of actually running. I just wanted to know how soon I could do some cross training or get movement going. Like it wasn't like I wanted to go out there and just start running immediately. But he pretty much cut me off and was like, no, four to six weeks. So I'm like, I'm getting a second opinion. And then when I didn't like the second opinion answer, I went and got a third opinion. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, th- I think that's I think that's very reasonable. I think it's very reasonable. When you, when you got when you got your second opinion and even your third opinion, did you go see a different type of doctor or did you go see another orthopedic? Yeah. So the s- second guy, um, I went to an orthopedic who they that doc that organization's known for their sports medicine, and he very nicely told me that no doctor is really going to tell me less than four weeks. But that I'm an athlete, so you kind of know your own body. So maybe I'm not going to tell you <laughs> that you shouldn't be in the boot for four weeks, but maybe you know how you feel. Yeah. So I felt like he was like, I'm not going to tell you less because I don't want you to sue me. So I do have to ask, what is the actual problem or was the actual problem with your ankle? Um, I couldn't tell you the name of the ligament, but there was a ligament. There's a ligament that's like, I don't know, strained. I don't know the name of it, but it goes, it's the one that connects your toes to your ankle to your knee. So it runs down the whole thing. So the pain, even though it was in the ankle, I could actually feel it up my leg and I could feel it in my toes when you flex the toes. So would, oh. would you get like a stinging, a stinging sensation like on the top of your foot, like on, yeah. like by your big toe? Uh, no, it was actually, it's the one, it's not the one that connects your big toe. It's the one that connects the other four toes. Gotcha. So when you bend the that four the four those four toes up, you could feel it all the way up my leg. I'm not even wow. kidding you here, Aaron. Right about the same time frame that you started posting about that, I encountered a uh, similar issue. I say similar now in hindsight, but at the time, I thought sure as heck I had a stress fracture. It was it was crazy. I went on an 18 mile run and I decided to run around. And I had been great build up for Boston here. I mean, I was like probably a little bit ahead of schedule. So honestly, the injury probably came at a good time. But uh, and I went on to a little gravel road and taking a backcountry road, just seeing some new sites, killing up some miles. And I don't know if I was doing something funny with my foot, like making sure I didn't like drag my toe on gravel rock or what. But I, obviously I did something because it felt at one point like my shoelaces were too tight. So I stopped and I undid my shoelaces and things felt better. And then I kept running and I finished another. Let's see. At that point, I was at mile seven. So I had another 11 miles that I ran on it and I was fine. Dang, the moment I stopped running, it was just like, boom. And uh, for like a week or so, I battled this foot injury and i thought sure as heck it was a stress and at one point i was on top of my foot and the next minute it was on my ankle and i was like well it's probably not a stress it's moving around too much that I, might I, actually be the same muscle because when you read about the muscle on the top of your foot it that's what they talk about it feels like your shoelace is too tight yeah and i've had something similar to that before and uh, I even had one right before I was getting ready to run a 5K. I had that come up where my shoelaces were too sh- too tight. It felt like that. So I undo my laces a little bit, and it was fine. I ran a 5K, and actually that's still my uh, 5K PR. So, but so and when I got this sensation on my long run, I was like, oh, I've had this before. It'll it'll it might sting a little bit when I'm done, but it'll go away after a couple of days. And when it didn't, that's when I started freaking out. And I've had a few running injuries myself, and after having those injuries and coming to this one, the last thing that I was going to do was going to my family doctor or anyone like that. I went, called up my PT, local PT, and I was like, hey, I have this thing, do you mind? And, you know, here in Missouri, and I guess it's, is it, is it everywhere? In order to see a PT, you have to have a doctor's, uh, a referral. I do not. 
Yeah, in Missouri you do, and it's such a waste. It's it's a waste. You I think it might home. be an insurance thing. Like I think my it's insurance, insurance thing too. Yeah, yeah. my insurance me, does not insurance. require referrals. Yeah, my my okay. insurance doesn't. Mine does. Yeah. Again, yeah. we are not we are not experts at it, anything. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it requires a uh, uh, doctor referral to go to PT, and and I could go to him, and he'll do like an assessment. He doesn't do any treatment or anything like that, but he just give me a quick assessment, and he's super cool. And he looked at it and had me do a few things. He's like, nope, you don't have a stress fracture. There's no way you have a stress fracture. And uh, he said it's probably this this. Uh, ligament tendon and he was talking about in the ankle and he had me do uh, a couple of quick tests and he suggested uh, a couple of things to me as to to do and shoot i walked out of his office knowing that it wasn't a stress fracture started running and i ran every day since i don't know it is i can't say that it's the exact same for you and that's exactly what how you should handle it and screw what your doctors say or anything like that because everybody's different but um I think as we encounter injuries and as we continue to run and learn to deal and treat and whatnot, I think we start to build a little bit when people say, listen to your body. I hear that so dang much that sometimes it's just like a numbing thing to say I'm listening to my body. But I think there's some truth to it at some point. But in order to find the truth in it, I think you have to have some experience with some of these injuries that you cannot necessarily figure out on your own and then you just learn okay i can get through this by doing this oh i can do this with the that to me is when you're really listening to your body well i agree with you because i feel like i knew immediately that there's no way i needed a boot for four to six weeks i knew even after two days in the boot that it felt like the swelling was gone um and I could, I, even though it still hurt to move, it wasn't, it wasn't so painful that like, oh, I mean, if it's not broken, it, the, I was talking to somebody, there's the theory between uh, rice and meat, which rice is like rest, ice, ice yeah. elevation, compression, elevation, compression, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas meat is movement, exercise, I forget what the A stands for, mm-hmm. but like a lot of, a lot of people say that, you know, in order to heal better, you really should do be moving and exercising and, and, and making, um, making those things happen. Um, and so I kind of knew right away that it was not, um, as bad as this doctor was making it seem. And so when I, when I went to the third doctor who, whose opinion I did like, um, he said, you know, be in the boot for a couple more days just so that it's, there's not as much movement and then start PT. So I started PT pretty quickly afterwards um, and I've been in PT for, I guess, two weeks and it's been really good. So Wednesday was it, I went to uh, PT. And so the reason why I picked the place that I, I went is because they have this thing called the alter G ever heard alter of it. G. An alter, alter G treadmill. I have heard of like it. Yeah. Zero G treadmill thing. Is that like the it, NASA one? Yeah. It's an anti-gravity treadmill. And so they put this big old like spacesuit on the bottom half of you and put blow air in. And then you're not um, running at full weight on the treadmill. You're right. only running at like 60% of your body weight. So, so um, it's a good way to get you back to the running motion and get your fitness back up without putting the pressure on your ankles or your, or your knee or whatever it is that's injured. Um, so you can start 
to see how it feels and whether you're ready to put full weight. So you start 60% of your weight and then you work your way back to 100%. That's been really good. So I do I do have a question though. How exactly does it do that? Is it the air blowing in there and it kind of lifts you off the yes. treadmill a bit? Yeah. I've always wondered so, about that. Um, you'll have to look it up. Uh, an alter G. Basically, it's this big plastic thing, and they you put these special pants on that have this big zipper on it, and they zipper you in so that it's like airtight, and then they blow it up and add all this air into it, and then you you can like while while it's calibrating, it actually lifts your whole body up so your feet aren't even touching the treadmill, and you're kind of like just hanging there. It's so it's, actually it's almost funny. like. You're inside of a balloon, but kind of mm-hmm. sticking half out, and they're yes. inflating the balloon, and it's lifting you off the treadmill, yep. and then they adjust the air pressure so some of your weight is being supported by you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. That makes and sense. And then it's slowly, as you go more often, they'll lower you down further and further until you're on your full body weight. Yeah, yeah. very, very wow. interesting uh piece of equipment to to really kind of help build up and it allows you know if you foolishly go out there and put all your weight on it and rack up those miles it doesn't give you a chance to really strengthen it but i think there's a lot of truth obviously if you got a stress fracture or some sort of bone issue it's it's not to go out there and run more but when you're, you're dealing with tendons an issue if you just strap a boot on that tendon's not moving for four to six weeks it's not getting any stronger. It's actually getting weaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like it's just like if you were to lay on the couch and not do anything uh, for six weeks, your body isn't, you know, getting stronger. It's getting a little weaker. And yeah. so, in, in many sense, every injury should be advised. This is, I guess, is your disclaimer to get medical, seek medical treatment. But you know, I think there, I think there is some truth to some injuries that resting is not ideal. And and actually getting back out there cautiously and smart, intelligently. And under the advice, like I, I'm doing it yeah. on the the advisement of a of a physical therapist. I I, sure. I don't think just going out there and running at full speed when coming off of something Correct. like this. Uh, yeah. Um, so maybe I didn't like the first guy's opinion, but <laughs> but I did continue to seek medical treatment. <laughs> No, and that, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah. I think it's great to go out and seek multiple opinions because when you encounter an ish, an injury, you you want to make sure you're getting the best advice. And if it can, if their advice can be verified by multiple people, then probably the best advice. But if you're getting differing opinions, I don't know. Maybe there's not a right answer. Why didn't you just go to the internet with my ankle hurts? What do you think it is? Well, I did do that as well. I am not going to lie. Experts out there. (laughs) I am not going to lie. My knee hurts. Should I keep running? Yeah, I I I mean, I did. I did start looking it up immediately, even the week after I got back from the race. I'm like, I wonder what this could be. Ankle swelling. Sharing it on one of the Facebook running groups or something with all of the medical experts out there that can't see your knee what's wrong with it an mri an x-ray you know we're we're the perfect people to ask right and i see many people do that maybe i should do that right what's wrong brittany, with you brittany you're, you're fine what's wrong uh, with you huh? brittany what's wrong with brittany, you this is this is the time for you to give your symptoms here and we will all channel all right. our medical degrees and and give you the best ed- advice here it started i i, I personally after all the reading on 
Wikipedia and, and WebMD think that I have a heel spur because um, it started with pain in the heel. It's not a stabbing pain. It was just like a, just hurt. Um, but then Wednesday I tried to run on it because it was actually a beautiful day. Got about a mile in and it just was like, yeah, no, you're not running. Um, and then the next day I could barely walk on it. I kept icing it and taking the proxen. And now it's like in my arch. So it's from the heel to the arch. I mean, it feels better. So I was going to. And you don't think it's, um, you don't think it's, you don't plantar? Think it's plantar fasciitis? Yeah. No, because when I read that, it, it doesn't quite match. It's just, you know, they, they describe plantar fasciitis a little bit differently. You could go to a podiatrist. I could, but that's a lot of work. It's, it's much easier I, I, honestly, to just is, ask us I, what the problem is. That's true, Brittany, though. If you have to get a referral, that means you have to go to your regular doctor first. And no. then you got So you got to set that schedule first and then you have to go to the next doctor. And it's a pain in the butt. It is. But, let's talk about it is, um, care suppose, in America. Suppose you're doing the wrong thing, though, because you're trying to self-diagnose and that's not the problem. And you make it worse, though. Well, I have heel cups. You know, I went out and bought those and. I just forgot to put the heel cup in my shoes when I went to go run. I mean, let's be all, honest. Is, is, we all do that, right? We all yeah, are first yeah, trying to yeah. self-diagnose. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the, is there a difference between a heel spur and a bone spur? It's in your heel. Location? Okay. I guess. All right. Well, I guess most of the time when I hear of a bone <laughs> spur, it's in your heel. So, I was, that's, so I'm just trying to see if there's a difference. Because I know thing. with some bone spurs, there's honestly nothing you can do about it, really. Yeah, I mean. Out. Do you know how many cowboys in Texas would kill for a heel spur right now? Right? Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, you know, but I think so, there could be some possibility. I, I had plantar, plantar, fasci- yeah, plantar fasciitis. I mean, oh, yeah. That, that stuff can do some funny things to it. And I will go back to – gosh – I feel like the, I feel like a, a fool going back to uh, my running injuries and trying to make comparisons here, but I can only speak from my my experience, right? Because we're each different. But in 2018, I started having all these calf pains, and I was like, I kept rolling my calves, I kept massaging them myself, and and the calf pain, it just it felt like they were both just like absolutely strained, like hurt so bad like I couldn't have possibly pulled two calf muscles while running is that I mean at the same time it just seemed so bizarre and I had been dealing with just like a mild flare of plantar fasciitis and I was just you know rolling with a lacrosse ball trying to keep it so I said fine I'm going to my doctor so I went to my doctor's office family physician he was booked out so I actually just saw a nurse practitioner and she's checking me out and you know checking my legs and whatnot and she said uh hmm I think we should get uh, an ultrasound. And I'm like, an ultrasound? Okay, for what? And she's like, I just want to make sure it's not blood cotton. I'm like, and both my damn legs are freaking serious? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's one of those those things. It's like, okay, the moment that I say that, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't, it's not a blood clot, lady. I I can tell you that much. It's not a blood clot. I'm from running. I run, you know, this much a week. I guarantee you it's something running related. And so I'm like, you know what? The moment I say that is the moment that it is a blood clot and they're going to come back. And what if something happens and whatever? You start thinking the worst. So I go get this damn ultrasound. Like $1,400 damn dollars later. <gasps> no, everything's okay. Oh. Kidding me. Got to be kidding me. 
But yeah, that's what that's the problem that I had with going to a uh, a family doctor for something like that. And so I got so frustrated, and I got a referral from a uh, from a coworker who had just met up with this sports chiropractor, and uh, his shop, uh, his firm, I should say. I don't know what do you call a sports chiropractor, uh, but they uh, worked with the St. Louis Blues hockey team, and they worked with the St. Louis Cardinals, and they do a lot of the collegiate teams and things like. I'm going to go check these guys out because it's not a blood clot, but it's something and I can't hardly run on it. And uh, I started doing some active release treatments and Mm -hmm. the active release treatment is the whole moving uh, idea to get those tendons and things working better. And uh, whether it was my plantar fascia that was tugging on my Achilles, that was tugging on my calf or my, my calf tugging on my Achilles, which is then tugging on my plantar fascia. It was all connected and it was essentially the active release. And, I think I had, he's like four, he told me, he said four visits and he said, if I can't get you fixed up in four visits, he said, I'm not the right doctor for you. And when he said that, I'm like, I'll be there tomorrow. And I think we was took. Was it painful? It wasn't too bad. Was it, it wasn't like too big bad. and stuff? No. And he, yeah. and he did that and he did some other <laughs> things, you know, to do the active release. And, you know, he was doing everything from my hips all the way down to my feet. And I you love. never know. You're treating, you're, you know, we think that, oh man, I've got this pain in this specific area and that's what we're trying to massage out and that's what we're trying to release, right? There's, there could be so much more in the scope of things that could be doing it. And so, yeah, I, I, I think seeking out the multiple opinions. And so that's why, Brittany, I think it could very well be something not related to a heel spur. I do love active release, though, just as a, as a side yeah. comment, because I do agree with you. It's something I learned from my very first run injury when my knee was bothering me. Um, and then all of a sudden I started having pain up the side of my knee. Um, I figured out that it wasn't my knee at all. It was really my hip. Hips. Hips don't <laughs> and lie. When, um, which went into the, like, you know, dead butt syndrome and stuff, too. And my glutes were weak and causing my hip to be weak, which was causing my knee pain. And, like, nothing, like, in the end was where it was supposed to be. And I was very confused. Right. <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. Um, but even this time when I when I had it done, um, he was at the top of my knee, which I didn't expect to be bothering me. But as soon as he started massaging in there, I could feel all the way down to my ankle. And I was like, oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> And all of a sudden, my ankle felt better. So, Aaron, are you using that now in conjunction with doing whatever you're doing with the anti-gravity thing yeah, and so, that other PT? Yeah, when I started PT, we started doing, like, just ankle strengthening. So, you know, things with bands, moving your ankle in different directions to make sure that it's flexing properly. Um, and then he has me doing, like, step-ups on steps, um, ankle roll things. Um and then this week was the first or Wednesday was the first day I was on the anti-gravity thing. Um, but yes, I, he does the active release and then he uses that metal tool. It starts with a G. Graston's. Graston. Yeah. Um, which actually when he was doing that, what he was talking about was um, as he's doing it, you could. You could hear a crunchy sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As he's yeah. doing it, and for, he's telling me like. For people who don't know what that is, can you kind of describe it? Um, it's like a metal tool that they take and they put lotion on and they just start scraping. Kind it almost of looks skin. like they're running, say, a knife. Like a butter knife. Like a butter yeah. knife. It yeah, looks yeah. like a long skin. A very, skin. A, very uh, a very curved kind of smooth yeah. butter yeah. knife that that uh, yeah is rubbing up and down that 
tissue. Yeah, and he was saying that even you, as you're hearing that crunchy sound, he's like, this is the result of you being in the boot. That's scar tissue that I'm breaking up, and by you not moving, that's what built up there as it's trying to heal, and that's why most PTs and doctors now believe in movement, not rest. Because there I, is a time and place for rest, but yes, I, I, I think I think there is some change as far as some of these treatments for these injuries and that eh, maybe rest isn't the best thing. And, and for that, by all means, seek medical. And when you seek medical, seek more than one medical and yeah. uh, seek different medical personnel. I, I think, you know, I've got a sports chiropractor who now lives in Dallas, Texas, by the way. So if we've got any listeners in Dallas, Texas, that need a sports chiropractor, let me know. I got a great referral for you. But uh, I got a sports chiropractor, a PT, massage therapist, and uh, an orthopedic doctor. And I know of all of them, at least, and they have, at this point, a little bit of experience in working with some of my injuries. And so I can text and call and you know what, uh, come on in, I'll, I'll, I'll see you. And I think having those and, and being able to kind of start to feel, hey, I've got this injury, maybe I ought to call my PT guy this time, or maybe I got to call a chiropractor. I think you start to feel out some of the injuries if you start to occur them long enough. You kind of feel out which medical practitioner you probably go see first. So yeah, what I goal. heard was go ahead to spin class tomorrow and then try the elliptical on Sunday. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, that's less impact, at least, because that was my thought, right? Like, I, I should be able to get on a bike. I should be able to get on um, – I should be able to row. Ropes. I should be able to do yeah. something, right? Like, I don't want to just be stagnant. I mean, I think that's part of it, too, is, like, as an athlete or a runner or whatever we are these days, the goal is to, to move. You, you don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to stop running. Like, no runner wants to be told – that they have to. I mean, I do agree there is a time and a place for that stress fracture, um, something like major like that. Yes, you don't want to jeopardize your running long term. I think that was really why I wanted to seek medical attention was because I wanted to make sure that it was not a stress fracture because I didn't want to all of a sudden be like, oh, gosh, I made it worse. And now I can't run for six months. Right. And I, I think that just underscores the point of actually Seek medical attention sooner than later. Uh, if you're, you know, say, oh, I'm just going to take this week off. And then by the second week, you know, you're, you're still having it. You go out for another three-mile run and you can't even get up through in one mile. Well, guess what? You're already a week behind the recovery Why are process. Why telling my story? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling your story for you. In the event that I'm trying to. i got another week to see how this goes. No, no. You're in no. week two. I, you're in week what? two? Yeah, this was uh, when I was in uh, New Orleans. Is when oh. it started, like before we left. Have I you changed like you your should... shoes or anything? Wait, is this why like you were chaperoning the kids? Well, it happened before I was chaperoning, and then uh. that's why I took I, I bought the heel cuffs and whatnot to walk around in, and and my um, ufas because that had more arch support on it. Um, but yeah, it's still not 100 percent. Yeah, it, I. It... I will say it probably depends on if you've got a race on the calendar and you're in the middle of a training segment and, you know, two, three, four, five weeks is critical time for your training. 
I'd see me- seek medical attention as soon as you can. When you start getting the injury, if it's not gone in a day or two, you better have a, an appointment made somewhere. Because if you wait a week or two weeks and you try to go out and run it again and you still feel, guess what? You haven't you haven't begun any treatment to actually fix it because rest it and fix it. So if after a couple of days it's still there and you've got something on the counter, go seek medical attention soon. Um, and if you don't, then... If you've got time on your hands and don't want to go through the hassle it is that to seek medical, I totally get, you know, it's just a matter of whether you've got the time to deal with it or the time to allow it to try to heal on its own, which sometimes rest isn't the best. So what I, I made a rhyme. Wait until I made Sunday. a rhyme. So what I Yay. heard was wait until Sunday to see how I feel before I sign up for the Montgomery half in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. 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 Honestly, if if it's not better, I would forego the race. Yeah. Well, I haven't signed up. They're just trying to make me. Right. And, you know, you you don't have to give in to the peer pressure (laughs) as much as I know you want to. Well, I signed up for the an 11 hour race, which is this weekend, like almost immediately coming off the 24 because I was like, what's next? Um, hmm. Even though my ankle was bothering me at that moment in time a little, it's like I could do it. So guess what? I'm not doing. <laughs> oh. um, well, How many guesses do I get? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm hoping I'll be okay for Big Sur. That's the next race on my on my calendar. It's still a couple months away. Yeah, and that's I'm hoping what, to be able to build the, miles back right up after quickly. Boston. Yeah. The weekend after Boston. Yeah, hoping to be able to build miles yeah. pretty quickly. It's yeah. hard because you don't you lose endurance so quickly. Like you lose, like it takes so long to build fitness, but it feels like it takes no time to lose fitness. I think that's what's so scary and frustrating about injuries is that's what you immediately think of. I worked so hard to get here. Now I'm going to be this far back. Yeah, it's yeah, really there, there upsetting. Is, yeah, there is some truth to. It does take a while to build up the fitness, and then when you do get hurt, it does seem to go away really quickly but as you keep continue to run and as you build consistency over years and years and years it becomes a lot easier to get that business back it's not like oh you know what i'm starting you know the year 2020 and training everything that i'd done in 2017 2018 2019 means nothing right yeah. it's just all it's all about consistency so if you build up that consistency for year upon year and you encounter an injury after a couple of years Sure, you're going to lose a lot of fitness, but, you know, it's instead of taking you six months to get it back in mail, it take you like eight weeks. Yeah, and I know that um, when I was talking to the PT, especially with the kind of mileage I was running, he's like, I feel like even after four or five weeks of you running, you'll be able to be running like 10 to 15 milers without much, having lost much. So and I'm, it, I, I at don't that really know. Point, at that point, about a half marathon to start with, see how that works, right? Yeah, so, sounds okay. good. But the mistake you don't want to make is rushing back too soon and trying to make up mileage that you've lost in an injury. That is the worst mistake because you will be right back, if not in a worse position, if you try to make up. There's no such thing as making up mileage. You, you start and you train where you're at that day and not where you wish you were at. So, yeah, it's just be smart on the recovery process. You'll get there, and you'll get there quicker than you probably think you will, but uh, it'll take just a little bit of time. 
So you're telling me I'm supposed to be smart about it. Well, if you want to continue to uh, to to well, to be out there yes. and go through more, you know, this, more PT and more active release, more knives okay. on your feet, then yeah. Honestly, Aaron, this this is a lifestyle we live, and if we want to continue to live the lifestyle, we really have to be smart and not just go out and race something because we want to. So sometimes that means we have to forego, we have to take longer to build up. Uh, you're hurt, not just going out and deciding, hey, I'm going to run this race because I feel fine now. We want to be able to do it longer term than what, just this year, just this one race, right? Oh, yeah. No, I was just joking. Yeah. You know, I definitely I mean, I wouldn't have gone to the the, the doctor, the PT and, and actually be taking it as slow as I am if if I wasn't playing this smart. But yes, right. I mean, my ultimate goal is that I don't want to be out long term. I don't want someone to tell me I can't run for three months. So you take the, the extra couple of weeks to, to come back from it and go slower and, and you know that you'll you'll be stronger for it. When, when you got the diagnosis, uh, the initial one, and it was, what was it initially? No running, be in the boot for four to oh, six Oh, yeah, weeks. they wanted me to be what, in the what boot. Goes, for... What went through your head at that point, though? Um, do we bleep out um, curses in this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've got <laughs> something was, we can use. Because it was yes. just an F yeah. no. That's not happening. <sighs> okay. I, four to six weeks with no movement whatsoever and, and telling me that, you know, I can't do anything because literally if you're in a boot, you can't do anything. And the boot actually was starting to hurt like my knee because you walk differently. I had to right. go buy hokas because they're big and thick. I had to go buy myself a pair of hokas to like try and match the other boot um, <laughs> so that I was at least walking evenly. But my hip was starting to hurt from it. My knee was starting to bother me from it. I mean, so the boot itself was causing all kinds of problems. Yeah, not an not an ideal recovery unless it's absolutely absolutely necessary i mean if it's protecting a bone from you know pressure or something that makes sense in 2017 i was getting ready to run the uh, chicago marathon and Brittany, you were with us there robert was there with us that weekend a couple others and uh that was going to be one of my shots at the uh boston qualification and uh Started training in January, had a coach, and everything was going well. Two weeks before the race, you're entering taper time. And instead of hitting taper, I had an injury. And it seemingly seemed to pop out of nowhere, but I think I had like a few niggles that were probably giving me some clues as to something may not be right. But two weeks out, I started having just horrendous pain on the outside of my knee. And it ended up being IT band related. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't hardly run. I took that entire two weeks off, and I was finally starting to feel a little bit better at race day, right before the race, and I did some strides and thought, oh, I'm going to go give this a shot, and uh, took off the race. Halfway through, things didn't go so well. Hips started giving out, started pain shooting down my leg, and I should have probably bailed on the race, but I ended up finishing it. It was the 40th anniversary, and I really wanted that 40th anniversary medal. So the truth comes that makes out. Sense. The things we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You so I, Brittany, that's the year it was hot. Yeah, it got hot really quick later in the day, and, and uh, I, I honestly, I should have punted on that race, and I didn't because I won in the middle, and uh, that kind of, it kind of lost uh, any opportunity because I did a little bit more damage to it, and it didn't give me a chance to come back and run something like CIM or Indianapolis Monumental or anything like that later in the fall, and. 
so I had to regroup, do it again in 2018. Well, 2018, I signed up for Indianapolis Monumental Marathon. And I guess we were about seven weeks out at this point, And the exact same thing started happening. My knee pain on the outside, exact same leg, everything. And I was like, son of a gun, not again. I can't deal with this. Uh, same coach. And this time he was like, you know what? Go see this. Go see this. And that's when I started getting the uh, – I had the chiropractor already in my back pocket from the calf issues early in the year. And I think that's all starting to connect you know, to this stuff. And it's starting to make a little bit of sense when I started seeing the me- medical attention. And my coach at the time – referred me to two books. Uh, uh, at the time, one was getting ready to come out and the other one was already out by a guy named uh, Jerry D. Shares. Jerry D. Sherry. Um, and he is a physical therapist and he's got two books. And I, re- I ordered the first one, which is called Anatomy for Runners. And if you are kind of interested in the anatomy side of things and movement and uh, therapy and running injuries and things like that, it might be a, a nice resource for you to have on hand because reading that book and dealing with the IT band in 2016, I just, or 2017 rather, I stopped running like the two weeks, right? I was like, oh my God, my leg hurts. I got to stop running, rest, right? And it didn't make anything better. But in 2018, I had the injury, sought medical attention. I think I missed like two or three runs and I started running and the book helped me along with my coach and the medical attention I sought allowed me to learn how to train while treating my injury. And I wasn't able to, uh, I, I didn't have to miss very many runs at all. And I was actually able to maintain fitness while strengthening my tendons instead of putting them in a damn boot or sitting on the couch soaking in my tears because I can't run. And I found a way to do it. And still run and ended up Boston qualifying in Indianapolis. And so I think if I would have taken weeks off, I wouldn't have been able to pull it together because it's the point, I guess, I'm getting at is that not every injury requires rest. And and I think there's resources out there, medical, like we talked about. And, you know, like this book from Jada Shares that I think would be helpful if you're interested in getting over your injuries and things like that and learning things. It's more of a, even a preventative thing. Like how did your, how did your knee start hurting? It's not your knee. It's your dang hip and your hip. Why is your hip hurting? Because your hip flexors are too tight because you're sitting or you're doing this and that. And it's learning different exercises, standing in a door jam, kneeling down, doing this and that instead of sitting in a chair all day at your office where your hip flexors and glutes are getting weak because they're sitting in a stagnant position all day long. It's all about You're supposed to cross train. I'm just saying, get moving. Move it. I'm really bad at cross training. (laughs) I could run 50 to 60 miles a week, but don't ask me to cross train. (laughs) Do you not do anything else, Erin? Um, I'm really bad at it. I used to when strength train or anything. When my miles were lower, I did. (laughs) Wow. with my miles hitting, when my miles hit into the 50s and 60s a week, it just, I, I mean, I barely have time for that. Uh, but I mean, we've, I've talked about it a lot more recently with friends and I definitely have to get back to it. I mean, um, I'd like to actually start doing some like uh, elevation stuff. So I got to start doing like some stairs and I got to start doing some like uh, lunges and squats and actually strengthening those muscles because in New Jersey, where I am, there is not a hill to be found. And mm-hmm. so um, 
like these coaches like David Roach and, and um, people out there who do ultra marathon um, coaching talk about doing stuff like that and how you don't necessarily need a mountain to, to climb up um, if you're doing cross training properly. So I got to start. Ain't no mountain high enough. Thank you for that. Uh, some weird thing. Sometimes it relates to a, a lyrics in a song and just kind of sparks a little <laughs> inspiration. Little, little inspiration. <laughs> On that music note, hopefully we've been helpful and informative to listeners out there. If you're dealing with injuries, tell because us your worst injury. What's, what's your worst? What's everybody's worst injury that you've had while running? Um, I pulled a groin muscle. This was back in 2014. 15, I think it was. Yeah, because this year will be the fifth year for Star Wars. It was the first year of Star Wars, and it was just a little minor niggle. Like, okay, you know, I just finished the race, take a couple days off, I'll get back to running. And, you know, I was running, but then I think three weeks later, I was going to do the OC Marathon out in, uh, in Los Angeles. And then that little niggle turned into more than just a niggle. And I was on I was on a, a PR pace at that point in the race when it became more than a niggle. And I ended up having to do a lot of walk run for the last eight miles. But I still only missed a PR by 29 seconds. So I was on yeah. a great pace up till that point. But it was a few months of, I guess we could just say, a lot of discomfort yeah, those groin injuries, they, they're just nagging. They don't really go away, though. No, it's never completely gone away, but proper warm-up and stretching and warm-down does help, though. Yeah. Down, you as well as, muscles. you know, I do, I do some strength training now. I try to get that in at least one time a week. I have not pulled a groin muscle. I, I actually, knock on wood, have not really had a crazy kind of injury i had one little ankle issue at one point that um kept me from running for i don't know i think i took myself out of it for like four weeks and just did other things i cross-trained and i went back to a doctor afterwards just because of your same thing aaron like i was just terrified of possibly hurting it worse that i wanted to make sure i wasn't doing further damage to it and he was like, you did exactly what I would have told you to do is just not run the way you had been for a long time and do other things. And he said, just take it easy and see what happens. And that, that's all I've ever had to deal with. So I've been incredibly lucky. And you haven't even jammed really? your thumb with all them selfies? <laughs> <laughs> a cramp, maybe? <laughs> other fingers, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Donna's got a case of selfie thumb. <laughs> I can't take out my pictures. <laughs> I'm only picking on you. Uh-huh. Brittany, what's your worst running injury? Well, I was running uh, some trails, fell, and I, I broke something in my hand. And uh, a week later, finally went to the doctor and had to get a cast, which was annoying, and I took it off a week after that. Like, yeah, you took really it off yourself? All that. Huh? Yeah, you took it off yourself. What was it? Was that that triathlon you were doing? You remember no, that? You flew no, off the bike. That's funny. 
That was funny, but no, I didn't break anything on that. That was the, just running with some girls on trails. Okay. Um, Wait, I'm still back to the. Did you take the cast? Like, did you saw the cast off yourself? It wasn't. It wasn't that kind of like a cast, soft cast. But it was something that we could cut off. So somehow we cut it off, and then I thought I could just put like you know like a, a ace bandage on it or something instead. <laughs> How did that work out for you? Yeah, it didn't. So you have a broken <laughs> bone, and you thought. Compression yeah, on the broken thumb. bone was a good idea. Broken hand. I mean, I've had like the heel spur and you know all that before too, like way back in the beginning. Could uh, you still run though with the hand? Like yeah. if your hand is broken, you can just, like Bill Taylor. He broke his hand and he just ran a half marathon. So if your yeah. hand's broken, you Didn't can still run. did he break his hand tripping over a curb though? Something like that. I just <laughs> said it was running related because it happened when I was running. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, Kenny could have a whole episode to his own, right? If we talked about worst running injuries. Dude, I, am, I am the worst broke, lame person there is. You take aside, the Aside from uh, Rush Stringer, I think he's probably worse than I am. <laughs> so tell people about yours, Kenny. So I'm running on uh, – well, I'm not even running anymore. That's that's a, it's kind of funny to say that. Um, I'm, I'm working with – Two torn meniscus, one in the right left, right and the left leg, and also have a, uh, a torn rotator cuff on the right shoulder. So it's just uh, at this point, it's just having time to get it fixed. You know, downtime from work, the time off to be off your feet and or your arms uh, to recover. And I don't have that yet, being I'm at a new job. So just kind of, I'm just kind of living with it at the moment, and it's every day is a struggle. I mean. Honestly, God, every day, and it sounds weird because I heard my mom, my grandmother, and my grandfather always say something about if it gets cloudy or if it's going to rain, their arthritis hurts. Well, I'm now living that. So <laughs> I, I am the human barometer, the human gratification. <laughs> I can tell you when it's going to rain, when it's going to you know, snow or whatever. So. And for our listeners who have not heard you on any previous uh, podcast, you did your injury or you had your injury. Sustained your injury, I should say. How again? So the first, I think the first that I remember um, having a severe injury, um, and I, I don't know exactly the time frame or the the events that happened that actually led up to it, but um, I think it was the Shamrock. Um, what was it called? Oh uh, yeah, challenge. you get right. It was you had to do a half marathon in under an hour and forty five minutes. And then you have to uh, start the full, start the full, and then finish a full. So you do a half and a full back to back in the same race. Oh, that was that one you had to finish and be back at the start line to do the full immediately after it. That year you did that. That's correct. And okay. Also, it was, also it was um, I think it was right around this time frame, uh, or maybe a little bit later. It was a couple in March. Weeks. Yeah. And and it was it was a nor'easter that so it was really cold, uh, rainy, and and just. The worst conditions. I didn't train for it, so I was I was I was basically oh asking for an injury, and um, somehow I, I managed to pull it out on the half, so I could do the full. And um, I think that was the end all be all for me. And I just I, I continued I continued to run after that, and it was just it wasn't the same, and it got progressively worse and to the point where I can't even do it now. I'm good I'm good to hike and walk. Was that the whale? Was that what it was called? The whale no, the challenge whale or something? Is, 
No, the whale is when you do the 8K on Saturday and, and the full on Sunday. Then the King Neptune? The King Neptune was you do yeah. all three. Right. Okay. So he did he did the 8K on Saturday, and then he did the full and the half on Sunday. Yep. And they right. no longer have – he was the um, – One of the last ones. In yeah. The- they didn't – they haven't done it since that year. So, I, I mean, you, you have to listen to yourself. You have to listen Dolphin. to your body, and you have to listen to your doctors. Um, honest to God, I mean, I know we we all have been talking about, you know, so should I continue to run? Can I, should I continue to do this? If you have to ask that question, you probably should do what your doctor's telling you to do, um, and that's just to prevent further injuries. Um, it's a killer. It really is. And, you know, I, I've lost my love for running. At, 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 you know, I'm trying to find my – my niche in life, niche, whatever you want to call it, to where you know I can I can actually start to do something again. Um, I've started hiking up mountains and stuff as best as I can, but every day's a struggle. So I mean, if you got it and you like doing it, continue to do it. But if you also have a problem, make sure you could uh, take care of that problem so you can continue to do what you like. Stay on top of it. Yeah, I think those honest are God, good words. That, that, is, that, is the, that is the honest to God truth. Wise advice. And this coming from the man who also ran the Marine Corps uh, ha- uh, full marathon on a treadmill on a Navy ship. <laughs> wow. And you you were staring at a bulkhead the whole time, weren't you? I was, yeah. I, uh, I, I did everything from watch videos to listen to music to talk to myself to talk to the person next to me. I mean, it was – that was that was a rough one, but I mean, it was fun. That was one of the ones, the things that I will take away for the rest of my life that I will never forget. Well, that sums up, I think, uh, enough information on injuries. <laughs> hopefully it's not a depressing episode because injury, no. injuries can be kind of depressing, but ho- hopefully it's just kind of a little hope or inspiration that uh, all is not lost or gloomy. Uh, just uh, do what you got to do. Go at the pace you got to go uh, to stay on top of it and continue to get it done. That's it, man. Recovery, rehab. If you got a problem, take care of it. You'll be good to go. So we're running a little long here, I believe, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring a, a quick uh, point here because I know we've uh, you guys probably watched the Olympic marathon trials, which was spectacular. A lot of new faces in the professional world that kind of popped up. Uh, some would say out of nowhere, others would say I follow that person on social media and I knew they were going to be on the team, but uh, a lot of new faces this year. And uh, I know we've got a lot of NAZ elite uh, uh, followers out there that are listening to the show. And uh, something cool that I saw that I wanted to mention is that uh, after, so NAZ elite got one of their team members, uh, uh, she ended up winning the women's race. They are actually had a, um, they had a guy following them throughout their Olympic trial training and journey, documenting the events, uh, their training and trials and tribulations uh, as they were leading up to the Olympic marathon trials. Um, six members of the NAZ elite com- team competed, uh, three men, three women. And uh, if you go to Instagram and you follow at a time and place underscore film, uh, you'll get the information as they get ready to release a documentary on the NAZ Elite, uh, their journey towards the 2020 U.S. Olympic Marathon Trial. So it's directed by Rabbit Wolf Created. So I always like watching running documentaries on YouTube. They're some of the coolest uh, 
coolest videos and actually not even just running documentaries, but just uh, hiking, lifestyle, fitness, some of the coolest documentaries on YouTube. So I'll have to share some sometime. But anyway, a place in time underscore film on Instagram. Follow along. Anything else? Everybody looks like they're ready to go to sleep. Kenny, do you have anything <laughs> for us? Fun fact? Yes. Do you have a fun is fact for, for us today? Fact? Yes, I think it is. All right. This is short and sweet. This is a story of a one-armed MVP baseball player. Pete Gray, also as Peter James Wish- Wishner, born March 6, 1915, died in 2002. American one-armed pro baseball player, having lost his right arm as a child, he was a right-hander. He learned to bat and field in his left arm, known as a one-arm wonder. Also, fun fact, Shaquille O'Neal's birthday today. He's 48. <laughs> Happy birthday, Shaq. Wow, hey. 48. Man. So, there you Did go. You, you see recently he lost a bet, and part of yeah. his, his bet that he lost, he's he, everybody knows Shaq because he's got this slick, bald head, right? Right. But, consequence of his uh loss of for the bet he has to grow his hair out it is the weirdest thing (laughs) you can see his hairline and it's like way up on top of his head it's the funniest thing i mean that's pretty pretty awful bet to lose right pretty funny so it's kind of funny happy birthday shack (laughs) i'm sure he's listening <laughs> he, is. he is, and to Shaq and to everyone out there listening, thank you for listening to the Run Ohana podcast. You can find the show on your favorite podcast directory: Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Overcast. If you are enjoying the show, tap on the subscribe button to have the new episodes downloaded into your favorite player. As well as our podcast players, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Run Ohana Podcast. Our email address is runohanapodcast at gmail.com. For Ryan, Rob, Donna, Brittany, Kenny, and our guest of the day, Aaron. We thank you for listening. Peace and chicken grease. Okay, yeah. can you even put a sock on it? Why what she said? I got a sock right here. What should I do with this? Oh, God, um, please. No. I prefer not I to. I only want to know if you put it on your mic. <laughs>